بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم we continue the class on salah described and we are still uh, under the subject of uh, under the subject of the imam and the ma'mum the imam meaning the one who leads the prayers and the ma'mum meaning the people praying and following the imam behind him and now we're talking about we'll be talking about the situation when a person comes to join the congregational prayer and he finds a gap in the row. He finds a gap in the row uh, in front of him where there is no person standing. The majority uh, of the scholars are with the opinion that closing the gaps and uh, is not an obligation, but rather it is a recommendation. Right. What about the situation if uh, he comes to close the gap, but he sees someone who is praying right behind the gap, uh, for example, offering the optional prayers, and that uh, he is like making himself ready to, this is the gap that I want to fill. Should he take and close the gap, or he shouldn't? If he sees someone praying behind the gap and intending to enter and close the gap. Uh, the correct opinion, it is, the, it is correct for him to close the gap, uh, even if this person is waiting, because he is the one now who is... Uh, staying behind uh, and not joining to close uh, the gap. And so he is the one who uh, missed taking the uh, better place in front. But however, if he fears that there should be problems with this person, enmity or uh, fears for fitna, then in this case, we know that the congregation has been set for great benefits from that is harmony and love between the people. So in this case, it is better for him to abandon entering the gap because of this. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows, and He is the all-knowing, that you left this because of a greater evil, then Allah will reward you for your good deed. What's the evidence that we should go and close the gap? The evidence is the command of the Prophet ﷺ to close the gaps. Or to connect the lines, to connect the rows. And this necessitates closing the gaps. And it is reported from the Prophet ﷺ, that he said in Annaman Wasala Safan Wasalahullah whoever connects or joins a a row, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will join him. This is in Surah Abi Dawood. And it is authentic. And also in the other hadith that Allah and the angels and Allah wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala ladina yasiluna sufuf. 
that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His angels make salah upon those who join the, the rows. And this is reported in Ibn Majah and uh, Shaykh al-Albani rahimahullah considered it to be hasan, good. What about if uh, if he doesn't find a, ga- a gap to fill? Where should he go? Some of the scholars mentioned that he should go move and pray to the right of the imam. To the right of the imam. However, uh, this is this opinion uh, is subject to examination. Why? Because there is nothing reported from the Prophet ﷺ that anyone prayed next to him while there are rows, except in one situation. That is when he designated Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, during the time of his sickness, the Prophet's sickness. He designated Abu Bakr to lead the prayers. But when, when, he, when he did that, and after a while, he felt better, and so he went out and led the prayers and this uh, this incident does not stand as a proof to have someone next to the imam in case there are rows behind the imam that is because there was no other place for Abu Bakr except this place there was no other place for him in the rows and he cannot go back while he was in the prayers. And thirdly, he was <coughs> the, uh, the designate by the Messenger ﷺ, so he must be next to him in order to convey to the people behind uh, the takbirs of the Prophet ﷺ. So therefore, standing next to the Imam, if he doesn't find a gap to close, and uh, then in this case, as I said, to go to pray next to the Imam, uh, some of the scholars, as you have said, uh, did not consider this to be uh, acceptable, and even uh, our Shaykh, rahimahullah, considered this to be from the innovations, which the Prophet, sallallahu did not do. And also because the Imam, as his title uh, signifies, must be a true Imam to be followed, no one to share the place with him. In addition, there are certain precautions that one should be aware regarding such a move to pray and uh, to come and pray next to the Imam. Why? Because in this case, if the rows are more than one, then the person is going to pass between, say, five to ten rows, disturbing them in order to reach the front uh, position of the Imam and take his right. And we knew that the Prophet ﷺ, when he saw someone uh, moving 
uh, across the roads, he said, Ijlis, sit down, faqad adayt, you have caused harm. Also, in the case he reaches the right of the imam, the right side of the imam, what about if someone else comes and doesn't find a place? He would also move and stand next to this person. So we'll have two now next to the imam. And if there comes a third, there will be three. Four, there will be four. And so, after a while, you may have one complete row with the imam. Yes, it may be in some cases, if there is no space in the mosque, except to occupy two rows, the first one for the imam and the second for the ma'mums, those led, and a man comes and doesn't find a place, except to the right of the imam, then, this, then in this case, we say this is a necessity, and there is no harm. Now, if we say that this person cannot pray next to the imam, where should he go? The correct opinion is that he prays even alone, behind the row, and that his salah in this case is valid. And the evidence for that is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Taghabun verse 16, فَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ مَا اسْتَطَعْتُمْ 64-16 So keep your duty to Allah and fear Him as much as you can. Also in Surah Al-Baqarah 2-286 the saying of Allah the Most High لَا يُكَلِّفُ اللَّهُ نَفْسًا إِلَّا وُسْعَهَا لَا يُكَلِّفُ اللَّهُ نَفْسًا إِلَّا وُسْعَهَا Allah does not burden a soul beyond its scope. And the person who could not find a place in the row, that's it. That's his ability. So Allah does not burden him. And also we discussed that it is not for him to withdraw someone from the first row or from the row that is in front of him and take him back to pray with him. So therefore, the correct opinion is to pray in his place. And this is a medium position, a medium and just position between two extremes. Why? First, because the first there is an opinion that says the, the person who comes to pray and finds whether there is a uh, uh, he comes late and he comes to find whether there is an excuse for him or no excuse, he can pray alone, irrespectively. And the other opinion is that, the opinion that totally nullified the prayer of the singular behind the rose. These are two extreme opinions. And most often we find that the, in the sayings of the scholars, if you contemplate them, that the medium position in general is the correct position. Why? Because the medium position, it takes by both evidences and reconciles both evidences. Take, for example, regarding the matters of the creed. People have... People are divided concerning the attributes of Allah into two extremes and a medium one. One extreme went into excessive affirmation 
of the attributes. So they affirm the attributes with likeness to the creation. And this is extreme. Are you following on this, inshallah? Is that clear? Okay. The second group uh, went excessive concerning glorification. Declaring Allah free of all imperfection. So they negated they negated the attributes. So these are two extremes. Is that clear? No. And Ahlul Sunnah Ahlul Sunnah are on the medium state where they affirmed where they affirmed the attributes of Allah without making resemblance to his creation. So they affirmed them and they negated resemblance to anything and or anyone. Is that clear? And this is the correct, correct position. Now, also concerning the pre-decrees, the pre-decree, people are divided into two extremes and a medium one. On one hand, a group went to excessiveness in affirming the pre-decree, and they said that man is compelled on his actions, and he has no choice. This is the first extreme. This is the extreme. One extreme. Another extreme were excessive in negation, were excessive in negation, and they said that man is totally independent regarding his actions, and there is no relation to the preordainments of Allah. You see these two extremes? You see these two extremes? Yes. Now, the third took the correct position, and that is, man has a will and a choice in his action. But this is written with Allah, and with an ordainment from Allah. So they took a medium course, and therefore they are on the correct creed. Also, in the matters of threats, and the threat concerning the texts of threat, people uh, are divided into two extremes and one middle. Some took the texts of threat alone and neglected and abandoned the texts of hope. Are you understanding? Are you understanding this? Some clinged only to the texts about threats, threats, al-wa'id. The other and abandoned and neglected the texts concerning hope. Another group, another group, they took by the texts, clinged to the texts of hope and abandoned the texts of threat and 
the middle position, those or rather those who took by the cling to the texts of a threat and neglected the texts of hope, they said whoever does a major sin, then he is held in hell forever and no intercession will avail him. You understand? This is the this is the, the, the view of the people who took or cling to the texts of threat. Is that clear? Yes, yes. Okay. The others who went to the other extremes clung to the texts of hope and abandoned and neglected the texts of threat and they said the major sin doer will not be admitted to hell and they said that and they said that the texts regarding threats are only applicable on the disbelievers not the believers you understand this other position the other extreme that the major sin doer does not interpret hell the third and middle one they said the texts of threat are affirmed and they are applicable upon those who deserve them however those who deserve the threat they fall under the Mashia of Allah they fall under the will of Allah Allah may punish them or Allah may forgive them and if they are punished in hell they will never be punished forever their abode shall be if punished in hell will be in paradise that is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in 4.47 إن الله لا يغفر أن يشرك به ويغفر ما دون ذلك لمن يشاء Is that clear? All you who believe Surat إن الله لا يغفر أن يشرك به ويغفر ما دون ذلك لمن يشاء Verily Allah will not forgive that partners be ascribed to him and he forgives other than that to whom he ever he wishes. Now, also regarding the family of the Prophet وسلم, people went into two extremes. First, those who were excessive regarding the family of the Messenger وسلم, very much excessive to the extent that they said that Abu Talib the uncle of the Prophet whom the Messenger وسلم, told us that he will be in a shallow of hellfire where his brains will be boiling they said that he was saved this group is led by is led by the rejectionists the rafida of the shia 
Is that clear? This is the first excessive group. Another one to the opposite. Another one to the opposite. They hated the family of the Prophet ﷺ and they insulted them. And these are known as al-nawasib. Al-nawasib, those who held enmity and hate towards the Prophet's family, sallallahu And from them are the khawarij, the dissidents, the khawarij, the rebellions. Because they fought Ali bin Abi Talib. And they rebelled against him. And considered it permissible to fight him. This is the excessive group. You understand? This is the other excessive group. The third and the middle one. They said that the family of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam have the family of the Prophet Sallallahu they have uh, a right upon us. The believer from them has two rights. The right of faith and the right of relation to the Prophet ﷺ. However, we don't exceed the limits regarding them as the rejectionists of the Shia did, nor do we insult them or hate them as the other group did. But we are on the medium and middle course. Is that clear? Is that clear? This is the position of Ahl Sunnah regarding the the uh, uh, family of the Prophet sallallahu Also regarding the matters of faith, people divided into two extremes and a middle one. One extreme said. If the believer commits a major sin, we call him a disbeliever. If the believer commits a major sin, we call him a disbeliever. And these are the khawarij, the khawarij, the rebellions. And the opposite are known as the murji'a, the other extreme. The Murji'a, the other extreme, said that if the believer commits a major sin, then he is a believer with perfect faith. And his faith is perfect as the faith of Jibril, of Gabriel, and as the faith of Abu Bakr. You understand these two extremes? You understand these two extremes? The middle one, and that is of Ahl Sunnah, they said, he is a believer, a sinner. Believer, but a sinner. He is a believer in his faith, and a sinner in his major sin. Or, he is a believer, but not complete on his faith. His faith is deficient. So we cannot say just he, unrestrictedly he is 
a believer. You understand? You understand? A sinning believer. Or a believer with diminished faith. Is that clear? Because these are very, very important matters for us to understand, inshallah, properly. So, from these examples, you see that the middle course is the correct one. Alhamdulillah. And this is clear. Why? Because the middle one takes from uh, the evidences of those and the evidences of those. While the other, the two uh, other sides, they take by one evidence and abandon the other. So therefore, this brings us to our position regarding the Salah. That whoever prays therefore behind the row, the singular, the one who prays behind the row, the singular, when he comes to pray and finds the rows complete, then his salah is valid. Then his, his salah is valid. And we discussed many of the situations uh, related to this matter before. Fine. What about if he comes behind the rows in the congregational prayer? Yes. What about if a person makes the rukur in a singular state, then enters the Salah. You understand? He makes the Ruku' while in the singular state, and then goes to the Salah, enters the Salah. If he has done this due to an excuse, and the excuse being, the rose being complete, then his Salah is valid. Is valid. Even if he remains singular till the end of the Salah, as we discussed this also before. However, if, there, if he was not excused, then, in this case, if the Imam lifts his head from the Ruku' before his singularity ends, then his Salah is invalid. And on the other hand, if his singularity ends before the Imam raises from the Ruku', then his Salah is valid. So I repeat, if there was no excuse for him, he comes there, enters, and makes the Ruku'. Then if the Imam, then if the Imam raises from the Ruku' before his singularity ends, then his Salah is invalid. If on the other hand, his singularity ends before the Imam lifts from the Ruku', then his Salah is valid. What's the evidence? Singularity meaning praying as a singular. Alone. Being single. Not in a row. So we are talking about the situation if he makes the rukur in a singular in, 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 alone 
as a singular prayer, then enters the row. Then, in this case, if it was due to an excuse, then his salah is valid. And the excuse would be, in this case, that the rows are complete. So, under all situations, if the rows are complete, and he comes, if he makes a record when he enters the salah, like in cases, for example, he uh, he, uh, he, is, he fears missing the raka. He fears missing the raka. Meaning, if he proceeds forward to reach the row, he fears that he will miss the raka. So, what he does is, in this case, he goes to what? To make rukur. You understand? So, he will stay in a period of time Irrelevant, yes, irrelevant. In a period of time, he will be alone. You understand? Now, we say that under all the situations, if the rows in front of him are complete, then his salah is valid under all situations. Even if he remains alone praying the rest of the Salah. But on the other hand, if there was no excuse, you understand, if there was no excuse, in this case the excuse would be what? That there is, a, there is room for him in the rows, in the row. Now, if he does this, under this situation, such that if the Imam lifts his head from the Ruku' before this person ends his singular state, then his Salah is invalid. If on the other hand, his Singularity ends before the Imam lifts from the Ruku'ah, then his Salah is valid. What's the evidence for the first one? What's the evidence for the second one? The evidence for the first one, if there is an excuse, we talked about it. Because Allah does not bear the soul beyond its scope. The second is the Hadith of Abi Bakr. When he came late, the Prophet or, or the Hadith before that, the Hadith of the Prophet whoever attains a rak'ah from salah, then he attains the salah. And this person who attained the ruku' with the Imam, meaning the Imam did not lift from his ruku' except that this one who came late and began his salah alone, he ended his singularity state and therefore he changed from the singularity state to becoming a joiner in the salah. Now if someone says, what is the evidence that if he attains the ruku' with the imam and his singularity ends, then his salah is valid? 
This is the evidence in the hadith of Abu Bakr. Radiallahu He, Abu Bakr, came and saw the Prophet وسلم, in ruku'. He came late. So he made ruku' before reaching the row. Then he entered the row. And when the Prophet وسلم, made taslim, he said, May Allah increase you in keenness concerning the salah, but don't return. Huh? You understand? He told him, don't return. So he, the Prophet ﷺ, invoked Allah for him, but he warned him not to return. Why? Because what is legal is for you not to enter the salah until you reach the row. However, the point of evidence here is that the Prophet ﷺ did not command him to redo the salah or redo the rak'ah. So this indicated that his rak'ah was valid. Is that understood? Is that clear? This indicated that his rak'ah was valid. So therefore, to sum up this last position, if the person enters and makes ruku' Because there was an excuse for him, and the excuse is the completeness of the of the row, then his salah in general is is what? Huh? Let's see if you understood it. His his salah in this case is is valid. In this case, his, his salah is invalid. Even if he remains alone as a singular, the entire period of salah is that clear? Is that clear? Under this situation, we gave the evidences earlier. But if there is no excuse for him, meaning there were this, the rows were not complete, and he made ruku' before the salah, before reaching the salah, the rows. In this case, if the imam lifts from his ruku' before he ends his singular state, then his salah is invalid. You understand? You understand this? Okay? Clear? Tayyib, alhamdulillah. However, if his singular state ends before the Imam lifts from the Rukur, then his Salah is valid. Is this also clear? Is this also clear? Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, wa sallallahu alayhi wa Muhammad wa alayhi wa sahbihi. So this is the end of this topic concerning the gaps and the rows.